when we started this whole podcasting business, Bob, um, <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, what, what do we call it? A mega, a, uh, corporation, mega corporation. When we yes. started our podcasting mega corporation, it just was, I didn't think that it was going to f- affect me like with this idea of like finding out a little bit more about myself. You know what I mean? Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dave. Thanks for joining Bob and I for our podcast, Thriving in Dystopia. And even though we always try and be professionals, sometimes we swear. So just know that going in. Oh, Bob, we are back at it. Can't, can't, can't buy a bucket, can we? No, we cannot. Just brick after brick. <laughs> um, well... We were just getting pumped up for the show, listeners, and we started, um, oh God, well, I don't know how we got down this path, but we were talking about uh, the NBA and LeBron James came up and we were looking up all kinds of facts about LeBron James and he has seven nicknames and I couldn't name a single one. (laughs) But you got close on two. Yeah. And what, you know what? I'm just going to spoil that his seventh nickname is L Train. Yes. And I feel like that's basically everyone's nickname. That's right. <laughs> um, and he was drafted in what, 2003? That's right. And a first round pick, number one overall, LeBron James, number two, Carmelo Anthony, and number three, Darko, what's his last name? Milicic, but actually, Milicic. Dave, I'm, I've looked it up. Milicic went two over Mello. Yeah, <laughs> what's his name? What's Milicic's <laughs> name? The human cigar, <laughs> the human victory cigar. Ah, <laughs> the human victory cigar. And uh, what is okay? How many nicknames does Carmelo have, Bob? Oh, good one. Nice. Um, let me look that one up. I would say my guess would be three. What's your guess? I would say I'd say three as well. Four. They've got four for him. Oh, okay. Why don't Why don't you have a go at it, Dave? Um, the first one's got to be mellow, of course. Correct. Yep. Um, number two has got it. Does it have anything to do with Syracuse? Nope. Nothing does. Nothing. What about um? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> Let's just say I'm not impressed. Not impressed. One must be just like something random, like the Dark Knight Rises or something. <laughs> I, no, I, I like those ones. I like human victory cigars. Those ones do <laughs> yeah. impress me. All right, let's hear them. Oh, C Train, of course. That's a <laughs> gimme. <laughs> That's right. No, it's not there. <laughs> uh, so the first one's mellow. Second one is hoodie mellow. Third one is sweet melon. And the fourth one is Mel. <laughs> Mel, <laughs> are you are you equally not impressed? Yeah. All right, your turn. I'll look up somebody, and you can guess. Who do you want to try and guess the nickname of? Why don't we go for the most underrated basketball player of all time, Chauncey Billups? <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, looking it up, and he has two nicknames, and I'm sure you're going to get one. Yep, I know one for sure, and that's Mr. Big Shot. Mr. Big Shot, yes. How did he get that nickname? Oh, by by doing it, Dave. Yep, in, in, <laughs> in, in the playoffs. <laughs> As if that means anything. By getting it done, Dave. <laughs> and of course, the second one is easy: C Train. <laughs> train well they definitely missed one um one is the the one that they missed is the goon (laughs) no dave that was your nickname oh right (laughs) right i once took a picture with chauncey billups and it's uh chauncey billups and the goon but i thought it was dave and the goon (laughs) it turned out turned out i got the goon all wrong well his other nickname is smooth oh smooth yeah you know our show notes teams might be able to get that picture of you and Billups and put it on the old show notes. 
they're going to have to make a call to old Helen Maisler if they're going to get that right. done. Yep. Oh, man. Who knows where that even went to? Some box, probably high in the garage. Oh, good. Good golly, Miss Molly. Yeah, let me get a quick little promo for our listeners out there. We're doing an internship program for show notes. So if, if you'd like to get in on the internship team and the show notes team, uh, send us uh, a line. Oh, yeah. Chalk it up on your resume, right? Yeah. That you worked for Thriving in Dystopia, the Thriving Crew. The Thrive, join the crew. Hey, hey, y'all, <laughs> join the Thriving Crew. We could use a a good, hardworking show note noter. Uh, I th- I guess I just killed the internship there, Bob. Sorry. <laughs> I think right. it still has a pulse. All right, here's who I thought might have the most, and then we'll get on with the show. Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, good. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Same as LeBron. Yep. All right. I'll give you, so, give you a buck if you get all, all seven. Well, I think they're going to have Shaq on there as a nickname. Number one, Shaq. Um, is there one that's around like jokester or trickster? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even close. Okay. Um, is there one that's like Diesel, Big Diesel? Oh, yeah. Diesel's on there. Diesel. Uh, Sha- I don't know. It was Shaq Diesel, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Another one. Darn. Oh, is there one around Kazam? Like the Big <laughs> Genie? <laughs> no, but there is one that is Shaq Fu. Oh, Shaq Fu. Yep. Yep. I Another one's pretty around. tough. Uh, yeah. The Big Aristotle? Oh, yeah. Superman, Shaq Daddy, and Warrior. I feel like I should have got a few more. Yeah. He also played for six teams, including the Phoenix Suns and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics. Wow. Doesn't that seem pretty wild? Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Dave, would you say you're a big basketball fan? No, not at all. I could care less about basketball. I don't, I don't think I like sports. <laughs> I like joking around about sports with you. That's about as far as I'll go. Um, <laughs> That's your relationship to sports. Yeah. I don't know. I guess basketball is a fine game. <laughs> Dead air. <laughs> what about you? Are, do you care about basketball? Yeah, I do. I enjoy it. I feel like I like the personalities seems to be one of the like strongest sports in terms of politics, you know, leading the charge uh, ahead of definitely ahead of baseball, definitely ahead of football. Anyways, glad to joke around with you, Bob. Yeah. Glad to get into into the old studio with, with you. You know, we got some stuff to talk about, but I, I mean, all jokes aside, I was really curious to get your take on uh, national politics this week. Kind of throw a curveball at you. Oh, good. I'm, uh, I'm just curious just to hear some hot takes on coronavirus in the White House from you. Totally. You know, when 45 was in the hospital, Walter Reed Hospital over the weekend, his like... Um, I don't know what this guy's position is, chief of staff or something. Mark Meadows comes out like after the doctors are like, oh yeah, Trump's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Meadows comes out and says like, actually he's not doing that great. And we don't know which way things are going to go. And so there's all this like contradictory stuff coming out of his team. And um, so I just, I feel like it's like an administration that has been internally at odds with itself the whole time, super chaotic, and it really feels like it's it's coming apart. And it's a good time for it, of course, before the election, and hopefully, you know, they get trounced in the election, and it's not even close, and... I worry about a contested election and not 
you know, legitimating the results, all this, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, say that it's not, the voting is compromised, this, that, and the other. So I hope they can avoid that because it's a dangerous, dangerous situation. The election is just going to be very dangerous. Any which way it goes, there's going to be a lot of potential for, for violence, right? Um, so that's, that's one thing. That's one of my takes. I have another take um, as well, but I, I'd love to hear your response to that. I guess my, my heart lies in this spot that feels like not totally who I am, but boy, did I find myself wishing a lot of um, uh, just like pain and suffering towards, uh, what do you, you like to call them? The orange wave or something? Big uh, orange? The orange menace? The orange menace. Yeah. Um, I just found myself really just like being like, I don't know. There's been so much sadness around coronavirus. Like so many people have lost loved ones, you know? And I feel like it's definitely not all um, the Orange Menace's fault, but I do feel like I, I wish that he could feel some of the pain in some way that a lot of us are feeling as well, you know? And it just doesn't seem that that was the case. And that was frustrating for me to see. I am um, constantly checking up on, I'm Googling Trump's condition and just hoping for some, I don't know, some bit of good news, but I do feel like it's hard. It's hard to like the good news is that somebody else is feeling pain or, or, or dying. You know what I mean? Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like I don't feel too bad hoping that he would die, especially from coronavirus. I think because if we take a step back, you know, his, that'd be really good historically, you know, like that is just desserts and that makes a lot of sense. And Glenn Greenwald wrote an article about like, why are all these people who say that he like, he's a fascist, why are they like wishing him condolences and a speedy recovery? What we do when a fat, a fascist is like dying, you know, when like Pinochet was dying, people cheered, people were like celebratory and that's that's the correct response to when a fascist is dying not like i hope you get better yeah, right i hope you it's get like, better so you can cause more suffering yeah so you can come murder my you know brother or something you know yeah sorry dave yeah. I, I don't mean you but uh <laughs> you're you're <laughs> i i felt the air quotes again Bob. yeah no no I, I you know that's exactly what i'm saying i'm like i don't want this guy to have the chance to take you out, you know, I want yeah. him dead. Yeah. And I, I, I don't really feel bad about that. You know, should I, should I feel bad about that? Yeah, I probably not, but I do. It, it, it does conflict with like my internal message of who I am as a person. You know what I mean? But I do agree with you. Like the idea of like, I mean, Hitler is the obvious that's like the go-to person, the fascist, you know, yep. choice. And it's like, yeah, like everybody in history would say that they wish they could go back and, you know, and like, kill Hitler, right? Kill Hitler. Yeah. That's like the thing. Right. And it's yeah. like, why would we not, why are we like hoping that Trump recovers from this? Like most ironic and deserved like turn of events, you know? Yeah. That's, it's just mind boggling to me. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think it has to do with like American politics. You have to like, if you're a Democrat, you have to do that. Um, mm -hmm. You know? So I, 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 I guess I get that. Um, but that's not my position. Yeah. And I, I'm okay with that. I'm also okay if you like have empathy towards another human being. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, 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 I wish him like healing in the sense of like psychological healing. Yeah. Um, you know, I pray that he can, can find healing, but not find healing for coronavirus. I guess that's a bit contradictory, but I think you, I think you see what I mean. Yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, I 
I I don't know. It's just been like a weird time. And I also feel like, I don't know, it's been a weird month. And I definitely, did I talk a little bit last episode about how it's the double full moon in October this month? Oh, no, you didn't. And how we like started October with a full moon and we're going to end October with a full moon. And Amazing. I feel like, yeah, it's a very like thinly veiled month of just like being close to the spirit world. And I feel like the supernatural is like at hand and that's like kind of what all Halloween is all about. And you know, it's that moment of talking. It's like the moment when the, the veil between our world and the spirit world comes away. And I feel like it feels like a month of trickery and, you know, like our dad passed away in October and I feel like that's like a pretty timely, that's like the time of the month that a lot of, or the time of the year that a lot of people have passed away. Um, and anyways, yeah, I just feel like, huh, I just feel like it feels like already it's starting, you know, this like trickery and nonsense and like the world is like turning over upside down every day. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. We, we did get into that a little bit last week, October 1st. And I remember saying like the ghosts and the demons will be out this month. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. Well, Bob, I think we've really just um, jibber-jabbered. We're just jibber-jabbing <laughs> we away. And yeah, I, I have I'm another, I have oh, another, another hot take. Let's get no, that hot but, take, Bob. No, I can leave it till next week. I'll leave it to the season finale. Uh, yep. Boy. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess it will be our most downloaded episode of all time. It's got to be, right? People are I just so. popping up the bit to hear, hear your it, hot It will take. be good. It will be good. Yep. Dang. I'm already ready to listen. Um, <laughs> although we will probably forget as well. So that's good. Yes, of course. Um, yeah. So how do you want to get kick into this week? I could try to introduce the topic of the day. Perfect. Reminding the listeners that this is the season on separation. We're looking at themes of separation. And last week we looked at solitude versus loneliness. So that really delved into a lot of psychology. This week we're switching gears a little bit in the sense that we're looking at geographical or physical separation. And we have this idea of us as brothers. We grew up together, and even into our 20s, our late 20s, in my case, we lived very close to one another. However, for the last 10 years, we have been separate, geographically separate, when we, um, you know, just live in our lives, took us on different paths, and we wanted to talk about that physical separation in the sense of also connecting it to living in the pandemic, being even more separate. We were talking about this beforehand, and we mentioned that the last time we have been in each other's company was last December, when we you were newly moved to Colorado, and uh, Kiki and I came back for the holidays, and that was the last time. And then for spring break, we had planned this great trip to, you know, Utah, Grand Canyon, Arizona, and just a great camping road trip that we had to postpone because of the pandemic. So we weren't able to come together. So we've, we've, you know, had had to continue the separation and wanted to tell some stories around that and just see what comes out of it. So yeah, that's little intro for the listeners, Dave, how, how, what comes up for you when you hear all that? Yeah, I guess one of the first things that I was thinking about is, um, when I was, a just a wee one just must've been in kindergarten or something to that effect. I remember I slept in your bed for like over a year. Do you remember that? I, I, yeah, I didn't remember that it was that long, but I remember you coming in. Yep, I do. 
I remember it started because I was like, I couldn't sleep and mom was probably fed up with like me not being able to sleep and like not all this, like, just like, ah, like, what can I do? Like this kid is like driving me nuts. Probably I can't sleep. And he wakes me up and she probably was like, is there anything we can do for you, Dave? And I'm sure I like, I, I don't really have a memory, but I'm sure I'm like, I could go sleep in Bob's bed. She's like, whatever. Like, I'll just go ask Bob. And like, <laughs> She probably because you had a queen bed. You had her, yeah, I did. her and dad's old queen bed. Remember? That's right. I do. Yep. And I went in there, and I didn't come out for like another year. You know? Wow. I remember being just in your bed every night, and it's just like that physical closeness, like especially um at a young age where you're just like so physically close, and like part of the reason I wanted to be in bed with you. Like I was, I, you know, I had this wild imagination. I was terrified that I was like going to get eaten by something or like, who knows something horrible would happen at night, you know? And I remember being like, well, if I'm next to Bob, it's funny. It's not that Bob would protect me, but that we would both die together was my thought. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, ah, yeah, you know, at least if I go, I'll go down with Bob and that's going to be fine. And that's definitely a thought that I've like carried in, you know, like I know there was one plane flight that me and Julie were on and it was like super sketchy as we were trying to land. And the pilot actually like pulled up at the last second. And I was just like, well, we're probably going to die here, but at least I'll die next to Julie and that's going to be good. <laughs> you know, um, spoiler alert. We made it. Uh, <laughs> oof. Yeah. Um, thanks to the, the great flying of Denzel Washington, we made it, um, just kidding. That's a deep cut reference that no one's going to get, um, went over my head, (laughs) went over your head. Okay. That's, uh, anyways, um, yeah. So just like that physical closeness was so important to me and being like next to you was like so ideal. And I, re- I definitely remember the day that mom and dad, they like sat me down and told me that I couldn't sleep in your bed anymore, which you oh, probably really? don't remember. Yeah. No, I don't. They, you probably had nothing to do with that decision. They were just like, ah, he's got to go, huh? <laughs> and I remember just like sobbing at the kitchen table. Wow. And just being like, no, I want to sleep in Bob's bed. And it's like, yeah, but you can't. <laughs> you can't, guy. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Which is funny. And then... The other thought of mine is that this will be the longest like time that we'll have apart from each other during yep. this corona outbreak in our lifetime so far. Um you know, or at least since I've been alive. It's just like you at one point lived in Germany, but I visited you. It was only like 6 months. I doubt we've gone much longer than 6 months, you know? Yep. Um Maybe, maybe sometime when I was in Vermont, you were in California, but even then we were seeing each other a lot. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's an interesting concept being so physically distanced. And I, it's like another idea about it is like, I know that literally everyone that is listening to this, it has experienced some of that, that physical separation and being, not being able to see the person that they necessarily want to see, you know, or not being able to do exactly what they want to do. And that's like a really hard thing to give up, you know? Oh, it sure is. Yeah. It's, it's deep. It's deep. Yep. Yeah. You know, there's just things that we don't even realize we do with one another, not necessarily you and I, just people, when people get together, like, like smell, you know, like, just smelling another person, it's, it's powerful, you know, it goes right to a deep place in our brain and that's not happening anymore. Right. With separation and touch of course, as well, basically all we get over zoom and over podcasting is just, um, listening and sight, you know, two of just two of our senses out of the five. And so I think there's a poverty of experience with that, you know? Yeah. I just want to respond to that because it's just like bringing up for me the idea of like 
There's something about being in a room with a person when you don't have to be like on, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't need to say that. We're past that on this show, right? We are. Um, we we <laughs> we superseded that last week. Yeah, where it's like it's one thing to be on a Zoom call where you're like chatting and chit chatting and chatting and chit chatting. But I think we had this moment where you and I watched a baseball game together. Yeah. And it's just, like baseball games are so boring, right? Um, right. And it's like it was four hours and we were pretty oh, into I, it, but actually it's five hours. Oh, yeah. That's well, that was the second game that we watched together. I was talking about the very first one um, where we watched on that one Sunday and I was like yeah. doing math homework and um like or math lesson planning and i was making lunch and like kind of just like doing normal stuff you know yep while we were listening to the game and i was like yeah i haven't had that in a while where i'm just like occupying space with you you know it was so good yeah we were like not on but zooming for you know three and a half hours yeah which it's like I don't know. It's there's a sweetness and I I definitely I like the intentional time like when you call someone and you're like, "Yeah, well, uh, you want to talk for, you know, half an hour an hour." Or like I know some people make these like intentional phone dates where they'll talk for like 3 hours, you know? Mm. Um, but I'm also like I guess that's something one of the things that I miss about being physically close um is this idea of just like sitting down and like doing our own thing, but in the same space. Yeah. It's so understated. It's, it's like not conscious, you know, it's like for like when we have intentional phone calls, that's like the consciousness is very sharp. But when we have like, like when we were there doing that phone call around the baseball game or when people are just occupying the same space, there's so much like intake of one another. That's not conscious. It's, on the level of the the unconscious that is very powerful, but we just don't realize it. And I think that, you know, I'll speak for myself. I'm missing that. I'm missing that a lot. Just being around people and observing them when they're doing the, their little things or whatever. Um, that was so there when we were listening to that baseball game together. Yeah, for sure. I feel like there's no, there's no real way that you can, I mean, you have to be like so intentional about creating unintentional space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to. Like, yep. It, and I, I wonder if that's something that a lot of people, because like I, I didn't know it till we named it just now that that's something that I'm missing of just like, like eat, the few times that I have seen friends, it's been very much like we're at an outdoor restaurant with our masks on, unless we're eating, then we're, when we're eating, we're trying to get six feet away from each other, you know? Yeah. So everything's Uh, super intentional. Yeah. And like, it's, it's good, but it's not like just sitting around a house, like playing a board game or doing a puzzle or like having a long afternoon of like just making food, you know? And that I think is what everybody is craving. That, that, To me, it's like you can do that with your sweetie or your um, quarantine, um, but you it's like not the easiest thing to do, even with like our close friends, you know, like, yeah, I know most, most everyone is like pretty, pretty good at finding intentional space with others, but not, we're not finding that unintentional distance or yeah. um, physical space that we're sharing. Yeah, it's just like. I don't know if it's possible unless you go through the hoops of like being in the same pod as that person, you know, you can't really like let go and just like release until you've done the steps of like knowing that they're safe for you. Yeah. Yeah. And even the whole pod idea is interesting to me because I feel like I was a really safe pod mate, you know? Up until, and I still am, but like, even now I'm like back at school with my coworkers and we do Mm -hmm. a really good job of distancing and wearing masks and like no one else is in my classroom, you know? So it's mostly me in my classroom by myself all day. And then we go, we eat lunch outside, like 12 feet apart from each other. 
Um, so I don't feel that dangerous, you know, like it's not that big a deal, Mm -hmm. but, um, the second kids come back, it's like, I don't feel like I'm safe to be around in anyone's pod, you know, like if I'm going to be with, if I'm going to be working at a school where there's 150 kids every day, um, you know, cause we're doing a day, B days or, you know, some permutation of half of 350, you know, and even though we're like very potted off within, within the school, it's like, I just feel like at the very least I'm around 16 kids, um, 16 to 24 kids on a given like day, you know? And that means that I'm like around every one of those parents, you know, and I just, I just like opened up myself to 50 new, you know, 50 to a hundred new people into my life that I'm like sharing my pod with. And now I'm just like, Oh, I am not a safe pod mate for anybody, you know? Yeah. Just simply because of your work. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And that will be a big transition, I think for you. Um, not only just like your your work your work day will shift quite a bit, but then y'all it'll, it'll shift like who you can be in network with. Yeah, I also think. I mean, I know we're tangenting a little bit, but I also think that we're not going to be at school for very long. Like mm-hmm. the flu mm-hmm. is supposed to be really painful this year. Oh wow! And yeah, I mean, there's I already there's already kids getting tested for corona. You know what I mean? And like how long can it last? And, you know, the university CSU is spiking again and having outbreaks and CU is still closed. So like eventually it's just going to be too much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows how long I'll actually be in school. Even if, if I even make it there, you know? Yeah. Truth. But anyhow, that's a little bit of a tangent. Well, let's get back onto this idea. You know, there was some like beauty that we we touched on in the sense of when we we didn't know we were going to do it, but when we we sat down over Zoom, turned the radio on to this baseball game, and just listened to it together, and yeah, did all of our other little things while the game was on, we. We broke the the thing that we're talking about. We entered into this just like just hanging out for three hours on Zoom and having the baseball game. Um, yeah, what do you think about that? As like what, for us, the baseball season's over, and I don't see us doing that with football. <laughs> for example, we're definitely right. not doing it with football, but. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts about any any lessons we learned from doing that? Yeah, I guess the truth is is it's probably like one of the bigger highlights of my last 6 months, you know? Mm-hmm. As I'm like looking at it and I'm like super keen on how to recreate that. Yeah. And I I feel like that's kind of what you're what you're getting after a little bit there, Bob. Exactly. Um, because we don't, we don't really know when we're going to see each other next. Would you say that that's true? That is true. Yeah. Yeah. For example, I'm not planning to come to Colorado for the holidays for like the first time ever, you know? Yeah. And like, you'll be having a wedding ceremony next year. So I guess that's like a definite right there. Um, and you know, Carbone's getting married. Carbone and Taylor are getting married. So, um, yeah. But who knows? I mean, who knows what the world's going to look like in the, at you know, come June or come next August, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to know what the world will look like at the end of the week. Right. Yeah. At that. Yeah. I think we can be pretty sure that what it will look like tomorrow morning. But even that feels like kind of a coin flip, right? Y- yep. Yeah. So, and that's like, that's one of those like gutted, gutting feelings where it's like, man, it's already been the longest time that I haven't seen you in my life physically, you know? Um, and 
it could, I mean, there's like no definitive time where it's going to change where that, that like physical distance will change. Um, so, and I know that like, we're all about like trying to get creative and recreate like what we're missing from our relationship, you know? Um, and like we had this one perfect week in Santa Cruz. Do you remember this week? Yeah, it was, um, not last year, but the year before. What do you remember about that week? I remember we went mini golfing. Yeah. (laughs) And we, we played some game where we won these massive bouncy balls that we just loved. Yeah. (laughs) We, We both wanted these massive bouncy balls. I mean, and when you say we played, we went mini golfing, you mean we went mini golfing every day for like a week straight, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we, I don't know what else. We were like just kind of horsing around um, on the beach playing games. And it just kind of felt like a return to like that youthfulness that we were like, where we're just like, don't have a care in the world, you know, pocket full of quarters. Just like, (laughs) Ready to ready to tear tear it up a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, and that was a. I don't know. I feel like that that week came at a pretty pivotal time for us, where we both needed. Um, yeah, we both needed that like return to childhood, you know. Yeah, definitely. And you know that's what we are for each other. This connection to our past, right? Um, and I know. Like we're more than just that, but we are that as well. Yeah. Like you carry with you like the memory of my life and vice versa, you know? Yeah, collective memory. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so I don't know. That's like a thing that I don't know if it's possible to recreate that. You know, we do that a little bit on the podcast when we talk about like superheroes or uh, you know. Uh, just like movies from our childhood or going back in sports and talking about LeBron James getting drafted in 2003, you know, those are like <laughs> collective moments that we like share, you know? Yeah. But it's, yeah, I think that, that I don't know how to recreate and it's not, it's not like possible to do on a zoom call or by starting a podcast, but I do know that there is this other feeling of just like sharing life with each other and sharing, sharing that is like kind of what happened on that, that magical day where we listened to the Indians game and just hung out for four hours, you know, spiders, Dave. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Dang. That's the first time we, I, I misspoke on the show. I mean, not it, misspoke, but it kind of makes sense. Cause it just like you were living 20 years ago, you know? So I, yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so cuz we're just not going to be able to recreate every little piece of our relationship from so far away. Yeah. But we got to I think we got to try and fold in a little bit more, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it it seems like whether it's a sport sporting event or not, you know, just sometime when we can, for example, just turning on the Zoom and and letting it happen. Although just having that, that baseball game on just, yeah. it felt so, you. yeah, just it centered things in this lovely way that it wasn't like this strong centering. It was just, but it was just enough to keep us there. But then we could do all these other things at the same time. So Gosh, the beauty of baseball really, because no other sporting, you, you need like a slow paced game, right? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a shame that we uh, the season's coming to an end and we just don't care about these other teams that are left. <laughs> I think we're going to have to like artificially care about one and turn on a World Series game. Oh yeah, I think we can watch a World Series game. It was also perfect that it was daytime. You know, I kind of yeah, feel that like was really nice nighttime. It's just easier to just like sit down and close your eyes and go to bed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I guess I, I don't quite have an answer, but I think we're both on the same page, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinating, fascinated 
whether this resonates with our listeners, you know, we're always saying like, get in touch with us. But on this one, I'm, I'm super wanting our listeners to give us some feedback. Like, is this things that you're missing with people you haven't seen in a long time? And is it, I mean, it could just be us, you know? I mean, I don't think it is, but we do have a very close relationship as brothers. So I don't know if it, if it extends to other folks and, and then like, what do other people do? Yeah. To try to, yeah, to try right. to get, get this. Yeah. I, I feel like the one thing that we've come up with today is listening to a baseball game that you really care about, but don't really care about. Yeah. And <laughs> to do it during the daytime on a Sunday, that's about yeah. all we can <laughs> That's, that's pretty specific, right? Yeah. But gosh, I don't know. Yeah. And maybe, you know, how we talk about how we, how, um, it's like the love languages is like, a big thing that people talk about these days and like how yep. you show your love, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's just so there's like things that are appealing to different people, you know? And I feel like there's going to be some people that listen to this and be like, man, those two were just so far off. Like all I want is to sit down and go like super deep about like the trauma that the world's carrying. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was offended by what Bob and Dave were talking about. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> That's the last uh, episode. Yeah. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be uh, someone out there, you know, has got to be pretty. I wonder if we just lost our Montana listener tonight. <laughs> Julie told me I'm not allowed to mention the Montana listener tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know that. And uh, you're still good. That was me on this one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Julie. <laughs> oh, no. That's so funny. <laughs> we, have, we have these little things on the show that we always hit on, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that our listeners are just sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe they're just like, all right, that's it. We just lost another one. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's hilarious, Bob. Um, yeah. I don't know, Bob. I don't know quite where to go from here. Like, I don't know quite what we were reaching for today. Just kind of that idea that it's hard to be physically distanced, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah, for me, I appreciate that we named something that I didn't quite know that we name this like way of being with one another that like I suspect has greater reach than just the two of us. Um, so yeah, for me, that's, that's very, very interesting and important going forward. Mm, Yeah, that's true. I, I do. I did have this like underlying goal this season that it was going to be the, the season of epiphanies where I'm just like every week we get together and I'm just going to be like, boom. And I feel like this, this week was definitely one of those for me again. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, where it's just like those little moments of like eye opening are so good to have. And I don't know. I'm, I never really, when we started this whole podcasting business, Bob, um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, what, what do we call it? A mega, uh, corporation, mega corporation. When we yes. started our podcasting mega corporation, it just was, I didn't think that it was going to f- affect me like with this idea of like finding out a little bit more about myself. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. It's like, you don't think podcasts are meant to delve into the deep areas of our minds and uh, of society, you know, that, we don't have planned, but they, they, this one does it at least for us more often than not. Yeah. And that feels good. Well, I, I suppose that's a, that's a wrapping up point for episode seven of season three. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. And we have one more episode next week. Yeah. Some, some trying to tie some of those loose strings together. That's true. Do we have a hot seat question for the evening? I think we better. So do you want me to ask it or do you want to ask it? I believe you got to grill me on my, <laughs> on my, uh, 
uh, voting preferences right. last week. I did. Yeah. So and, I guess this week I take the chair. Uh, yeah. The chair is hot, Bob. And it is. Always is. You know, when I was done last week, I was just like so ready to just turn the table right back on you. <laughs> it's coming, Bob. I want to know um, who your ballot will be cast for come November 4th or whatever. Yeah. Good one, Dave. Yeah. So I, I always vote and I actually enjoy voting. And so I will be voting in the national election. My thinking is, you know, not that far different from yours. I, my goals are, I want, I have two goals. I want the orange menace out of the White House. And I want to create, I, I want to do things with a radical vision, like uh, a vision beyond this awful two-party system that we have. And so I, I, I think it's, in order to do that, one has to be authentic and not, sugarcoat candidates or lie about candidates. And then one also has to think about the context that they're in. And so for me as a voter in California, an extremely blue state with this idea that we want the Democrat to win in a landslide. However, the Democratic Party is very corrupt and I don't support the Democratic Party. I and that the Green Party is, you know, in order to get funding, you need a, 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 a certain total on the national election as the Green Party. And in order to get other candidates on to the, the ballot, like down party, down, down election candidates, you have to actually be in the, the presidential election sometimes. So it, there are strong arguments for voting green. I also don't love the Green Party. I feel like some of their internal pot- politics are n- not ones that I agree with as well. So that's all what I think about when I vote. And so I, I will likely vote green with all that said, while, um, you know, working to build consciousness around not only the presidential election, and getting Trump out of office, um, but also like other really important propositions and and races. So I think, you know, for voting, like one vote, who cares? Like one vote does not matter. It, it really doesn't. Not even in local elections are elections swayed by one vote. That's like, maybe that's happened once. What matters is how you talk about elections and how you influence the people around you. That's what actually matters. And so, like, if you canvass, if you have conversations, if you write letters, you can, you can influence, like, 10, 20, 50 people, and, and that ends up mattering. Um, so, yep, that's uh, my answer to that question, Dave. Hmm. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. I, I guess I definitely feel like there's only one bad vote. That's for sure. <laughs> and there's some good o- other options. Um, while they both have downs, they all have other downsides. You know what I mean? They do. Yeah. 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 I will, I will say mm-hmm. that I have been seeing a lot of Trump flags go up here in Fort Collins. And yes, I have also seen some like let's stop Trump or like stop racism and, you know, hopeful stuff that is, that is more omnipresent in Fort Collins. Um, but seeing the like resurgence of, or like this new, like Trump 2020, like resurgence that it's not as prominent, but you know, when you just see one Trump flag and it just kind of makes you boil a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, whew, what is that? And I see one flag and I'm like, oh man, I'm just like, can't hang it, can't do it, can't like do any of this. And 
Um, that's a feeling that resonates pretty strongly with me. And like, I can see that like, yeah, getting them out at any cost is like not, not such a bad goal, you know? It's true. It's interesting to think about like what Chomsky's always said. Remember how like Chomsky's like, yeah, you vote, of course you vote, but it's only like one little thing. It's like 5% of your political action or, or less. Um, but then Chomsky's also said that this is the most important presidential election in human history. So those are both, you know, both, I think both of those things are true, you know, vote and it's super important, but also if people are only voting, that is absolutely not enough. That voting does nothing to change all those Trump flags that are going up around you. You know, that's the, that's the issue. That's the structural issue. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think we'll just leave it there and let it percolate. <laughs> good stuff, yeah. Dave. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And we'll we'll answer all these questions next week in the season finale. We got the answers. Damn. All of them? Better yeah, tune because in. <laughs> I get my teacher's edition of the textbook uh by next week. Oh good. Nice. And then you'll have all the cliff notes. I do. Good. Thank God. We've been been waiting a while for that one, you know? Dave, uh, start the timer in 15 seconds. Here we go. Email us at DavePeachtree at gmail.com. Instagram is thriving underscore in underscore dystopia. Twitter at bmaze19. And get our email at thrivingindystopia.com. Thank you, Mixer. Pretty close. The last thing you should have said was website, though. But, you know, doubling <laughs> up on the email, that's fine. Oh, Pretty good, dang it. <laughs> uh, We can edit that. Uh, no. Nadir, leave it in. Leave it in, Nadir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, another great week. Um, love being there with you, Bob, even if I can't be right next to you. It's you always too, a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Sending love to all of our listeners and hope they reach out to us. Yeah. Love you, Bob. Love you guys. Love you, Dave. Love you, everybody. Love you, crew. What's up, Driving Crew? Bob and Dave want to take a second to thank you for lending them your ears. They also want to thank the artists for making everything a little more beautiful. The intro song is In Heaven by Drake Stafford. Our audio is edited by the consummate and dexterous Nadir Chayetch. Web designed by Chris the Mixer Sawyer. And of course... Visual art is by the prolific and enigmatic Joe Shine. Finally, the new outro song is today's special, Jam Tomorrow by Dr. Turtle. Have a good week and see you next Tuesday. Tuesday.